like these podcasts and our Wednesday conversations, please do give us a review on iTunes. It's not very user-friendly, but that will make us appreciate you all the more. And why not subscribe to our weekly newsletter, Notanda, by going to our homepage, historicallythinking.org, and clicking on subscribe in the menu bar. And this week in the history of the Soviet Union, January 22nd, 1905, 500 protesting Russian workers, amongst many others, are killed by the Russian troops of Tsar Nicholas II in St. Petersburg. It became known as Bloody Sunday, and it marked the beginning of the Revolution of 1905, which ultimately failed. January 21st, 1924, Soviet leader Vladimir Lenin dies of a brain hemorrhage. He had led the Bolsheviks to victory over the other revolutionaries in the October Revolution of 1917, and then established the Soviet Union. His body still lies mummified in Red Square. And January 23, 1937, 17 leading communists, comrades of Vladimir Lenin, and former comrades of Joseph Stalin, the dictator of the Soviet Union, were put on trial, accused of participating in a plot by Leon Trotsky to overthrow Stalin's regime. Thirteen of them were sentenced to death. Trotsky fled to Norway and then to Mexico, where in 1940 he was assassinated by Ramon Mercader, a Spanish agent of the Soviet Secret Service, who struck Trotsky in the head with an ice axe, eventually killing him. Outside the Soviet Union, in Annals of American Progress, January 23, 1849, Elizabeth Blackwell was awarded her M.D. by the Medical Institute of Geneva, New York, becoming America's first woman doctor. January 24, 1848, 1848, a year before Elizabeth Blackwell received her M.D., the California gold rush was began with the accidental discovery of the precious metal near Coloma, California. January 25th, 1959, American Airlines Boeing 707 made the first scheduled transcontinental U.S. flight traveling from California to New York. And just 11 years later, January 21st, 1970, the first commercial 747 flight nonstop trip from New York to London. And on January 24th, 1984, the Apple Macintosh computer goes on sale. And as advanced as that seems to be, perhaps it was the Boeing trips, the transcontinental trip, and the transatlantic trip that have made the greatest social and cultural difference in world history. Here's William Tecumseh Sherman in his memoirs, describing his own personal eyewitness of the very beginnings of the California gold rush. I have heretofore stated that the gold was first found in the tail race of the mill at Coloma, 40 miles above Sutter's Fort, or 15 above Mormon Island, in the bed of the American Fork of the Sacramento River. It seems that Sutter had employed an American named Marshall, a sort of millwright, to do this work for him, but Marshall afterward claimed that in the matter of the sawmill they were co-partners. At all events, Marshall and the family of Mr. Wimmer were living at Coloma, where the pine trees afforded the best material for lumber. 
He had under him four white men, Mormons, who had been discharged from Cook's battalion, and some Indians. These were engaged in hewing logs, building a mill dam, and putting up a sawmill. Marshall, as the architect, had made the tub wheel, had set it in motion, and had also furnished some of the rude parts of machinery necessary for an up-and-down sawmill. Labor was very scarce, expensive, and had to be economized. The mill was built over a dry channel of the river, which was calculated to be the tail race. After arranging his head race, dam and tub wheel, he let on the water to test the goodness of his machinery. It worked very well until it was found that the tail race did not carry off the water fast enough, so he put his men to work in a rude way to clear out the tail race. They scratched a kind of ditch down the middle of the dry channel, throwing the coarser stones to one side, then letting on the water again. It would run with velocity down the channel, washing away the dirt, thus saving labor. This course of action was repeated several times, exactly like the long Tom afterward resorted to by the miners. As Marshall himself was working in this ditch, he observed particles of yellow metal which he gathered up in his hand when it seemed to have suddenly flashed across his mind that it was gold. After picking up about an ounce, he hurried down to the fort to report to Captain Sutter his discovery. Captain Sutter himself relayed to me Marshall's account, saying that as he sat in his room at the fort one day in February or March 1848, a knock was heard at his door, and he called out, Come in. In walked Marshall, who was a half-crazy man at best, but then looked strangely wild. What is the matter, Marshall? Marshall inquired if anyone was within hearing, and began to peer about the room and look under the bed, when Sutter, fearing that some calamity had befallen the party up at the sawmill, and that Marshall was really crazy, began to make his way to the door, demanding of Marshall to explain what was the matter. At last he revealed his discovery, and laid before Captain Sutter the pellicles of gold he had picked up in the ditch. At first Sutter attached little or no importance to the discovery, and told Marshall to go back to the mill, and say nothing of what he had seen to Mr. Wimmer or anyone else. Marshall returned to the mill, but could not keep out of his wonderful ditch, and by some means the other men employed there learned his secret. They then wanted to gather the gold, and Marshall threatened to shoot them if they attempted it. But these men had sensed enough to know that if placer gold existed at Coloma, it would also be found farther downstream, and they gradually prospected until they reached Mormon Island, 15 miles below, where they discovered one of the richest placers on earth. These men revealed the fact to some other Mormons who were employed by Captain Sutter at a grist mill he was building still lower down the American Fork and six miles above his fort. All of them struck for higher wages, to which Sutter yielded, until they asked ten dollars a day, which he refused, and the two mills on which he had spent so much money were never built and fell into decay. That's from the memoirs of William Tecumseh Sherman, first published in 1889. And this has been Historically Thinking's Commonplace Book for the week of January 20th, 2019. Thanks for listening to us. I'm Al Zambone, right in the corner where you are.